Thanks for listening to the Protectors of the Wood adventure series. Support us on Patreon at Protectors of the Wood. And to all the eco-warriors out there, remember that everyone can make a difference and every action counts. The Protectors of the Wood Adventure Series Episode number 135 Expanding Like a Balloon Abby was pleased with her new idea of preserving the wild area of the churchyard by calling it a bird sanctuary. She examined the space up to the corner where the wall met the abandoned building. Large branches and thick slices of the trunk of the fallen tree lay piled up there. She was thinking, If that wood were just cleared away, there would be a space for the beginning of a path. And it would also open up the front of the building to store the scaffolding. A bit of pruning along the way and a nice path would run to the secret place. Then I'll cut back the poison ivy and we'll be on our way. Abby took a pair of gloves and the pruning shears from the tool shed and attacked the poison ivy in several places, snipping it off at the ground level and burying it beneath the brambles. The more she hunted through the area, the more the glossy leaves and twisting vines kept appearing. Near the beginning of the new path, Abby noticed a thick mass of vines growing over pieces of the fallen tree. Clearly the wood had been left there years ago. The vines were so thick that the bottom layer was dry, stiff, and leafless. If I just pull the wood out of that spot, It'll be a snug little cave. Going back and forth to drag and roll the wood against the back wall, she made a path to the cave and then pruned back the vines and brambles, making the cave longer and wider. Now I can sit inside and be comfortable. It's really quite charming. But now I'm starving. I forgot breakfast. And Phoebe's coming to meet me soon. After changing her clothes, Abby walked in the front door of the church office. Janet sat at the window, concentrating on a computer screen. The clock said 12.40. Abby asked her to send Phoebe to the meeting room, and then headed down there and sat alone. Now she had a chance to think. This meeting is about a lot of things. We need to set up a system to communicate. People are joining our mission, our guerrilla group, but they can't all be told everything straight out. They have to join by degrees, learning step by step. I can't meet with them all, and we can't all meet together. Imagine gathering eight or 10 people at 1 a.m. in the privet fort. She shuddered at the thought. Phoebe's going to have to handle a large chunk of this work. And she and I must meet privately and often. It's the only way. 
Phoebe came down the stairs in her irregular, limping gait. Abby felt a stab of guilt for leading her a week ago into danger and injury. Phoebe's face looked better, but her knee seemed to be permanently damaged. Every time it started to heal, she injured it again, and Abby felt responsible. Who else had led Phoebe into that crazy flight across the forest in the dead of night? Phoebe arrived with a smile, a bag of sandwiches, and two lemon cukes. They hardly spoke as they ate every crumb. Abby tried to force $10 onto Phoebe, but she flatly refused to take it. Let's get to it. My time is short. You should know that the toy store is popular again, and soccer's off the hook. Lewis and I are scrambling to keep up. People are begging us to start new teams, and we're trying to run a toy store. But at least Gilligan is so busy at the cash register, he doesn't have time to complain. Since being closed down by the county, we've become celebrities. People show up from Half Moon, buy a scooter, and want to join a soccer team. They want us to sell and repair bikes. You know, I was talking to Junior Walker, and he said something like this would happen. We're like the hub of a wheel, and there are spokes running to the rim. And what are they? The teenagers in the toy store and coffee shop, followers of the band, soccer families, the church congregation, or at least most of them, and Rivergate and Hidden Valley. And now people from Evansville College and their Students Against Climate Change group. Potentially, we're even connected to the United Nations. And the church will start an agricultural cooperative with the farms, organize the vendors, and reach out to more people. And all these groups could be supporters of the Protectors of the Wood. Abby wondered for the thousandth time what the Protectors of the Wood really was. It seemed like such a vague but influential organization, still in the process of definition. And she, Abby, was now the keeper of the mapstick, an ancient legacy of the Protectors of the Wood. Her head was spinning. Phoebe saw the look in Abby's eyes and knew she was seeing things from a mountaintop. She waited patiently and finally said, Whoa, this is moving fast. And it seemed to me we were speeding before. But for now, what can I do? How do I fit in? Here it is. People want to join what we're doing. All sorts of people, from your soccer group to Sarah and her friends, the youth council people coming tonight, and many others you can name. They want to know what we're really up to. The reality is we're not totally sure ourselves, but we'll put that aside for the moment. Our problem is we do know all kinds of things that can't be made public right now. We can't disclose our secrets at the Youth Council meeting tonight, or in any general meeting. No doubt. 
I was going to ask you about that. It's so hard to bring someone into the inner group. There seems to be only one choice. Either you or I have to talk in private to certain people we judge ready to handle it. Stephanie and Eddie are first on the list. But I'm watched all the time, followed everywhere I go. So you'll have to do most of the work, evaluating those who are knocking on our door and finding ways to bring people in step by step. I'll meet with Sarah today, but normally you will be our doorkeeper. Don't worry about the Rivergate people. The group visiting us in Middletown already knows more than we do. The leadership in Rivergate expects, needs a lot from us. Phoebe sat silently, taking all this in. You and I have to talk every few days. How can we do that? Well, we have our cell phones. Oh, I've left out another major problem. Abby described the protector's rules, the break-in at her cottage, and her suspicion that the purpose was to plant an electronic device. George told me the stalkers are professionals. In fact, he gave me the business card of one of them. Abby opened her wallet and pulled out a small, plain white card with the words, Confidential Investigations. Private. Responsible. Skilled. We're there when you need us. The card included the email address of someone named M.B. Phoebe shook her head. This situation is expanding like a balloon. I hope it doesn't burst. As a child I knew On a bright summer's day The warmth of the sun Was coming my way The heat on the sidewalk Felt ever so good I knew that I would do All that I could The years passed by In the blink of an eye The moon goes racing Across the dark sky all I have left is the best I can do I'll take all we've got to carry us through That bright summer's day Dime. 
Everything we do matters today. 